We begin today with Gaza and the news on the political front that a meeting of EU leaders last night failed to back calls for a ceasefire with the conflict not even getting a mention in the joint conclusions published as the summit came to an end. On the ground, the humanitarian situation grows ever more dire. And you'll remember how there was much talk a few weeks ago of intense diplomatic efforts to get Irish and dual Irish citizens out of Gaza and a number they were given leave to exit via the Rafa crossing with Egypt. However, the Department of Foreign Affairs has confirmed to this programme today that a small number of Irish citizens still remain in Gaza. One of them, Zach Hania. He and his family lived in Dublin for many years before returning to their home in Gaza around a decade ago where Zach has been working as a translator and researcher. His wife Batul and four children, they were evacuated in November. However, Zach and his nephew Mohammed were stopped at the border, their pleas to get out ignored. And I've been speaking to Batul and I began by asking her about that day last month when she and her children got through the Rafa crossing and what she felt as she left her husband behind. Um, it was it was heartbreaking. It was not just saying goodbye, saying farewell to somebody. It's, you are in extraordinary uh, conditions. You are leaving somebody in danger. It is a matter of death and life. Any moment I can receive bad news about my husband, about my kid's father, and I would be left alone without a man, like for the rest of my life. And it was very, very difficult situation for me to decide. And I was, I was even, I can tell you, I was pushed to do this with the, like Zach, was begging me just go out take the kids and go and I was crying for him I'm not giving I'm not going to leave you alone and I'm not going to leave you behind I don't know what will happen to you but he was he was telling me that if I was killed at least you and the kids would be in safer place but uh, I know I still cannot comprehend this when I recall what happened I really regret like leaving him. I know that I am in safe now. My kids in safety, but you know, for a family, safety and security for a family, it's to be together, not not to be splitted away, not to be separated. One in danger, and the other in safer place. It's just I feel guilty all the time. Batul, since uh, you've returned to Ireland. Um, the week after you returned, you met the Foreign Affairs Minister and Thonishta Michal Martin. Uh, what did you tell him and what did he tell you about Zach's situation? I, I told Mr. Michal Martin and I was I was making appeal for my my husband, for him, sorry, uh, to my husband's case. Like he's, Zach is an Irish citizen and and I have my my relative here. She's she's married to Muhammad. She is a Irish citizen, and her husband, like you, has to be with her. And I was making an appeal for both of these persons, Zach and Muhammad, just bring our husbands here. And I wanted to to know why they were refused. But he didn't give me a clear answer why they refused, and he just said. 
uh, I don't guarantee and or I prom or promise them to bring them back, but uh, we will do our best and we are doing our best to make uh, to make connections with the Israeli government to do to do more efforts regarding uh, getting them back or getting them out of Gaza. This is what I was told, and I was, and I was telling him back, like, this is you have you have to be, you have to have more action towards this because because Zach is an Irish citizen. Like you cannot leave him behind. It's this and life matter. Did you yeah. feel any more hopeful or confident leaving that meeting that you would be reunited yeah. with Zach? You know. To be honest with you, I was, I was feeling like already shattered and didn't know what to do. And I feel helpless at that time because, because it's my first time to do, to, to meet like with political figure. But what I expected from him is like to be more promising, more like he is the one in the, the chair he is the one who has this um authority to to do these connections between two countries but i wish to have to have more promising words from him and, and that was obviously at the end of last month we are in the middle of december zach yes. still in gaza the department is saying this afternoon that it's continuing to work yes. consistently with the relevant authorities uh, on cases such as Zach, but um, w- what of Zach at the moment? Uh, where is he, and when did you last hear from him? You know, every day, I, uh, every day morning, I try to contact with him just to to know that he is still alive and breathing. Uh, and when the connection goes bad, which is more frequent, I just get very frustrated and gets very scared about him. Um, and this morning, I heard uh, I heard of him. He, he he sent me a voice message, just to you know, it's the regular and the routine message that we are still here. I'm not died yet, but um, for me, it's not enough because I want to ask him many questions um, about to make sure about my parents if they are okay because. They are in different areas, but in the same city in Rafah, which is far south. Uh, I wanted to make sure uh, about other families to to check on other family members that they are okay, they are still good. Uh, what they eating? What they doing? How is the health of everybody? We, we we don't have this flexible chat. This you know family chat. It just. It's just something like if you are on the front of a battle and sending like signals, we are still here. We didn't die yet. This is basically what we have. What's your message to the Irish authorities this afternoon? My message is like another appeal and a final appeal. Uh, I just appealing to anybody on authority, any any political figure on the authority, please, please do something about this shattered family. 
I know, I know that all the families in Gaza are under attack, are under very danger. But please, at least, if you cannot cease fire, if you cannot do something to to all body in Gaza, do something for your own citizens. I know that the mother does not abandon her children. Please. Irish government, you are the mother of every Irish citizen in Gaza. Now they are in danger. They are suffering danger every minute. Please do something about bringing Zach back, bringing Muhammad here to his family. It's Christmas time. Every, every family here is, have, is going to have a good time next week. But unfortunately, not my family. You, the Irish government, is responsible for Zach's life. Is responsible for Muhammad's life. Is responsible for for our own family security. Security to us again, as a family here, is not being only in safe. Yes, I am grateful enough for you that you brought us here to safety, but. Again, safety and security to us is to be, to be for me as a wife with my husband, to be uh, for my kids, to be with their father. So please reunite these families together again. Thank you. And that was Batul Hania, wife of Zach, an Irish-Palestinian citizen still trapped in Gaza, speaking to me a little earlier. Let me introduce you now to our political panel this weekend. We have Thomas Byrne, Minister for Sport and Physical Education and Fianna Foyle TD for Mead East, Lynn Boylan, Sinn Féin Senator and Spokesperson on Climate Justice and in our Sligo studio, Marion Harkin, Independent TD for Sligo Leitrim. Good afternoon and welcome to you all. Um, Minister, to you first. Um, you heard Batul Hanya there and the emotion in her voice as well. Uh, can you offer her any words of encouragement today and indeed to Zach and what efforts is the government making? Well look I mean nobody could be but moved uh, listening to that interview uh, and the heartbreak and that uh, a split family in a war situation has suffered Um, it's absolutely horrendous Um, the government has I suppose been very active uh, on this issue the Tanishta obviously travelled around and that resulted in the well it played a part in the release uh, of a significant number of Irish citizens the Tonister was at, at the COP uh, conference as well last week and he had further discussions with some of the players in the region uh, at that meeting. And any result of those discussions, again, what words of encouragement can you offer well, to the Hania family this afternoon? The words of encouragement that I, I can give is that the Irish government, Taoiseach, Tonister, our diplomatic network all around the world are continuing to work consistently with every country in the region that has an influence um, on those cases and there are a number of cases there that are still outstanding um, and we're trying to work to get them out. A number of cases outstanding, how many? I, I, I Look, I mean the department has a long-standing policy of not discussing consular cases with me or you or anyone else, they're, they're private for the family but I do know a that the department, has a, the, uh, no, the department has a very good record of engaging with governments, engaging with regional players to make sure 
that our job as a government is being done, which is the protection of Irish citizens. And that's what we are bound to do. And that's what the, the Taunus pe- has been doing uh, over the last number the of weeks. The People Before Profit grouping are to hold a press conference of this issue next week. And the charge from them and their TD, Breed Smith, is that the Irish government is not making the same effort as other countries, such as that's, the USA, Canada, Norway and France. That's not the case. Uh, that's, that's not the case. And in fact, we're, so? we're working with a lot of those countries, in fact. And we've done so in other situations like this, for example, in Afghanistan, where we worked with with some of the countries you mentioned and uh, to get Irish our own citizens she out. Is, so what they are saying is many others are doing all they can to get families are, of their frantically worried citizens out of Gaza while she said she's been offered links to visa application sites. Uh, that, that, that is the charge from that grouping. From people before profit? Yes. I mean, look, I mean, the department is engaging not with people before profit, but with the families who are directly affected by this. People before profit are She said the players. other countries are doing more. There is absolutely no evidence for that. There are citizens from a range of countries still trapped in Gaza and every country is working hard to get their citizens out and they're working with all the other countries. It doesn't happen in isolation. Ireland doesn't go over there on our own. We're in contact with all of our allies, all of our contacts uh, throughout the region and we're working really, really hard and I think I think that, I think think that the people know that too because they've seen some of the results of that so far but that's not to say that everything is done yet okay. and there's more to do. Marion Harkin, uh, are you aware of cases like the one we've heard there? Well, I am not quite the same as Batul's uh, case. In It's her husband who's an Irish citizen. But I'm working with um, a man called Salem Garbia. He's an Irish citizen. He lives and works in Sligo. And his parents are uh, in Gaza. Uh, he has siblings there as well. But he's especially worried about his parents, Afaf Garbia and Saeed Garbia. They're both diabetic. Their homes have been destroyed. They're living in a camp. They have no insulin. They have no medicine. And he's horribly worried about them. He's living through the same nightmare as Batul is. Every waking moment is filled, you know, with fear for their safety. And will he hear from them today or tomorrow? And I have spoken to Michal Martin about this. The issue is, in their case, to get them on the list. Uh, that's the first step. And, and we're, we're trying to push for that. He told me the same as he he told Batul that he and the Department of Foreign Affairs are doing their best. And to be fair, it isn't easy for the Irish government. They have spoken out very strongly, asking Israel to agree to a ceasefire. We heard the Taoiseach at the European Council, and they've called out things like the collective punishment in Gaza. And we heard Israel's response to the Taunish, this tweet, uh, you know, when Emily Hand was released. But I suppose they have to find the balance between the big picture, where I think they have made us all proud of their stance and the strength of their statements and what they're doing. But then at the other level, as Batul said, every life matters. And I suppose to redouble their efforts to to work with other countries, get people on the list, do everything they can to get them out. But I would say from my experience, particularly at European level, that uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs was second to none of any country in the EU when it came to trying to help Irish citizens. This is particularly difficult and we as politicians have to keep up the pressure because, as Batul said, every single 
life matters. And, and sometimes and you have to deal with the small issues as well as the big ones and that in the con- same way. That confirmation, uh, Marion Harkin, this afternoon from the Department of Foreign Affairs that a small number of Irish citizens remain in Gaza. Was that news to you, Lynn Boyle? And were you surprised to hear that that still is the case? I, I was surprised to hear and, and your heart goes out to Batul and, and likewise to the other families that uh, are trying to get their loved ones home. I think it, it highlights the fact that nowhere in Gaza is safe um, and the terror that you must be living with you know, waiting for that message to come through that you've survived another day, survived another night. And I think that that's why uh, the pressure has to be on for that ceasefire, but also to show Israel that there has to be consequences for their actions. They're effectively hunting people down uh, in Gaza, telling them to move from one place to another. And then when they move to that place, they're then targeting their, uh, you know, they're violating all of the international laws. Uh, So there has to be consequences. And that's, I think, where the Irish government really needs to know if you can't get agreement at an EU level it has to push ahead it has to work with what allies are there both in the EU and uh independently and also at the UN and make sure that Israel knows that there are consequences to their actions. Do you have faith for those Irish citizens this afternoon that they can get home? You've heard the uh, efforts outlined there by Minister Thomas Byrne. Do you have faith and confidence in the Irish government's efforts here to bring them home? I I can take the the, the word of the Minister here to say that they are pulling out all the stops. I hope that is the truth. Um, But as I said, the, the single biggest thing that we need to do is to have a ceasefire in Gaza. And that, I suppose, gives some relief and, and protects all of the, the innocent civilians that are there. But of course, the Department of Foreign Affairs has to work and pull out every measure they can to bring those those people home. But at the same time, a ceasefire would guarantee safety for all of those people who are innocent, who are being gunned down and pummeled by the Israeli state. Thomas Byrne. Look, I mean, Marion Harkin was right. I mean, second to none is a word to describe to our foreign diplomats. They're in Israel. They're in Ramallah. They're all over the Middle East working really, really hard. And quite frankly, and, and, and the Taunus has been travelling, not just on the, on the visit that was high profile in Israel. Last week, COP and Saudi Arabia, other, other cities as well, uh, he's visiting. This is, hot, this is top of his agenda. And the idea that people before profit are running a press conference of this, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, look, I, I think almost every person out there listening will know from the evidence that's been shown that the Irish government is doing absolutely everything possible to get um, back to his family, reunited. What of, aside from the Irish citizens of Gaza at the moment, what of Lim Boylan's wider point with regards supporting Gaza and taking steps against Israel? What concrete action can the government point to it has taken in support of Gaza, in condemnation of the ongoing bombardment of Gaza by Israel? What concrete steps are there? Look, I think Ireland's voice on, on this issue in general is very strong over many, many years. And in fact, people talk about how we get on Security Council. Actually, one of the reasons we, we get a strong vote for the Security Council is actually our position on uh, the situation in Israel and Palestine. Uh, that's widely supported. Um, so we are seen as a significant player in this. And that's why the Taunish's visit was very significant to the Middle East. Um, we've been working really, really hard to get a unified EU position on this, and not just at the European Council with the Taoiseach, but also the Taunus earlier this week with the foreign uh, ministers, that you know we want an immediate humanitarian ceasefire, which saves 
Gaza, well, to the extent that it can be saved at this particular point, but also save some of the Israelis now who turned out have been killed as well and by their own by their own. And Limboil and the Taoiseach and Tanish have been both vocal on this mm. issue. Is that good enough for you? Well, that's the point. It's, it's vocal, and those words are really important. And nobody is dismissing the fact that it was really important that Ireland was one of the first to call for a ceasefire, and we did welcome that. But it now needs to be followed up with action. So we do need to have the Occupied Territories Bill passed. We need the Irish government calling for a, a cessation of the, the the Israel trade association agreement under Article 82. They can do that. Um, Recognise Palestine as, a, as an independent state. So we, we need those measures. So it has to be followed through with action now because we are not going to get consensus at an EU level. Um, I, when I was out there previously, it was, you know, there's a blind eye turned to the annexation of the West Bank. There's no Hamas in the West Bank and the EU turned a blind eye to that. Likewise, with infrastructural projects that were funded by the EU that were constantly uh, targeted by the Israeli state. There were no sanctions for Israel for doing that. The EU would just then have to rebuild the, the infrastructure. So the time now for strong words are over. We need action. We need and consequences. In, ter- in terms of that action, those consequences, Marion Harkin, we saw the news uh, from Brussels last night. What of the European response here? Is that the weak link, do you think? It absolutely is. And I think it has got to a point where it's probably fairly clear now that maybe we've gone as far as we can at EU level. That shouldn't stop us trying to persuade. But we had 17 EU countries, you know, voting for a ceasefire, the UN, and then the rest either voting against or abstaining. Uh, Of course, we continue to put on pressure there. But we did see how the EU managed to sidestep Viktor Orban and his objections to Uh, the opening of negotiations with Ukraine for accession. Uh, Perhaps there may be some mechanism that that we could use a similar type mechanism within the EU to to move things forward. But perhaps perhaps that ship has sailed for now because there was nothing, there was no commentary from the EU, which was hugely disappointing. Maybe what Ireland needs to do if in the best way they can is work with other European countries, bring in perhaps people from countries from the global south, some of the Arab states, other countries that, that recognise the in the inhumane atrocities that are happening in Gaza. It's unspeakable what's happening and, and we're watching it. Minister. And from that point of view, maybe there's something that could be done in that way because, you know, I know they've done everything they can but, and we're just asking for more and we have to keep, we have to keep asking and, for yeah, more. And I just want, I wanted to move on, Marion Harker, but just before I do, uh, Minister Thomas Byrne, just that news that we heard at the bulletin uh, that three Israeli hostages killed mistakenly in Gaza by Israeli forces and they've been holding up a white cloth at the time. What is your reaction to that? Well, I mean, it's 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 obviously devastating for those individuals, but like, you know, I mean, 18,000 Palestinians have been killed um, and if you're bombarding a place where your own citizens are hostage, I mean, that is going to happen. I mean, this, these sort of things happen in war. That's why we want an immediate ceasefire. Uh, that's why we want that. That's why we're pushing for this. Um, and I think that opinion, global opinion, you know, at the, at the UN, uh, at the EU, it hasn't sort of come to our view yet um, in general because of veto, not because of majority don't want agree with our view, majority do, but because of veto. That is changing. Um, and I don't think there's going to be too much patience for this uh, for much longer from the global community. OK, Minister. Well, Sosbjog, back in a moment, we'll be looking at the issue of international protection. Saturday with Conor Mungon on RTE Radio 1. 